Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast here. We are the Nativity Podcast, and I am Father Ed Bresnahan, the parochial vicar at Nativity Parish here in Burke, Virginia. With me, as always, is your co-host, Mary Castellano, the social media coordinator here at Nativity. Boy, have we got an exciting episode for you today. Today, we are joined by four, count them, four of our high school teens from our youth group. And we've got a great program. We'll be talking a lot about one of the programs and projects that they had to do over the summer. And ladies and gentlemen, you want to just give me quickly, we'll do like a lightning round here. Just your name, your grade, and your school. I'm Liza. I'm a senior at South County. I'm Lex. I'm also a senior at South County. I'm Kyle. I'm a senior at West Springfield. Uh, my name is Carter. I'm a senior at West Springfield as well. All right. So we've got a variety. You guys, this is amazing, right? All seniors just kind of looking forward to you know what God has in store for you next year. But also looking back at something that we did at the beginning of this year, the beginning of this school year, kind of kicking off your senior year, right? But before we even get to that, Mary, I just got to ask, like, you know, one of the things that we do mostly here, we, we spend a lot of time in the church. We spend a lot of time working. There's a lot of tasks to do. But one of the best things, my most favorite thing to do is to find, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Je ne sais quoi, right? It's that, what's that one thing? <laughs> Over the weekend, it's like one of those days when you have the day off and there's nothing to do, and it's just a lazy Saturday. What is the best thing to do on a lazy Saturday? What's your like your what's your first go to like that thing? Saturday afternoon, you got nothing to do. What's your what's your go to there, Mary? Oh man, it, it sometimes it depends if the weather is nice. Um, but I will also do this in the winter too. Uh, so I'm from Maryland and uh, the mountain that's closest to me is called Sugarloaf Mountain. And it, it just barely makes the qualifications for a mountain by like maybe eight feet. So some people <laughs> call it Sugar Hill, Sugar Lump, uh, but, it, but it is a mountain. And uh, I really enjoy hiking. There's uh, one trail that's actually really short, but it's pretty steep. So it's, it's challenging at first, but it's super rewarding once you get to the top. I love doing it by myself. Sometimes I'll have music in my ears and sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just want to listen to uh, just the sounds of nature um, and just really detach. But once I'm up there at the top of the mountain, it's just really beautiful. And I'll hang out there sometimes for an hour. Sometimes I'll, I'll journal. Sometimes I'll bring a rosary. And sometimes I'll just like fall asleep on a rock. Perfect. <laughs> My favorite thing objectively to do on a lazy Saturday when there's nothing, I have any uh, obligations. I love to read because reading is versatile. In the warm weather, I can go outside and I can read outside. I can enjoy you know, a nice spring day. I can enjoy a cool summer breeze. I can enjoy maybe fall colors. But even in the winter, reading is still on the table. It's just that the venue changes. Now you're curled up maybe next to a fireplace. You've got like a cup of, you know, a cup of hot cocoa or something like just awesome. And it's just a good way to kind of unwind just to be able to, you know, dive into, you know, fiction or maybe learn something or whatever. But, but to be able to do it on your own time, something kind of empowering about being able to just you know, I don't have to do this for school, mm -hmm. <laughs> just to, just to, just to read something that I want to read. So, well, what do you guys think? What's the best thing to do on a lazy Saturday? I like to go thrifting, nice. so, like shopping, like in general, like consignment or like a regular thrift store, just spend money, <laughs> spend any money ever. But the best part about thrifting is that you get good value for it, right? Right. You can find like really cheap stuff. But, like, it's expensive, like a material. Uh-huh. Nice. It's used, but it's still nice. 
Um, I'd say after like a long week of uh, practice and school, it's nice to just like sleep, just like not even sleep in, just like a nap in the middle of the day, have nothing to do. That's such a good feeling. Like waking up right afterwards, you're like, oh, that was perfect. Yeah, it recharges definitely. you for the rest of the day. It's really necessary sometimes. Sometimes you just need that rest, that downtime. I'd say I like to play piano because that's something I normally don't have time for during the week or just on a regular day. But it's something I really enjoy doing. Is I find really relaxing. So that's what I'd probably be doing. Uh, mine is just to work out. I have a home gym in my garage. So just like get a quick pump after school, you know. I don't know. I just I like to challenge myself and, you know, push to the next obstacle. I feel like all of those have a common theme that even though they're very different, they're also something where you can put your mind in a place where you feel safe, right? Confident. And you're like, ah, this is a thing like working out. You feel good afterwards, but also a nap. You feel rejuvenated and refreshed. Right. And like playing piano. I don't know. I, mean, I can't play piano, but I imagine that once you've accomplished something or the sense of being able to have kind of finished a product right, or a project. Right. And thrifting, I mean, if you find that little treasure, I mean, that's a that's that's got to be a goal. But I feel like all of those things are just to do what we do when we don't have anything to do. Summer, summer has this like weird vibe, right? Where the first like week or the first couple of days, you're like, there's a sense of freedom, a sense of, oh, I'm done. I don't want to do anything. But then after a few days, you kind of get a little stir crazy, right? Your parent, you're like bugging your parents around the house. Like it's just insanity. Right. And you're like, I've got to get out and do something. And so a lot of people will, you know, get a job or do, do something, but you guys decided to do something completely different. And each of you this past year joined our parish on an event that we call work camp. And so we like to talk a lot about that. So we're going to spend our podcast today talking about the goodness, the joy that is work camp. So really, my first question just for, for the general public is, what is work camp? How would you describe it? Uh, okay, so I guess I could just kind of walk through the day, but we always get up really early um, and go to mass. And then we'll eat breakfast or last year we ate breakfast together as a parish and then we go out and do our service and one thing that a lot of people don't know about mission is or work camp is that after our day of service we'll go back and we'll have dinner together and we'll have program which is every night there's like there's something whether it's adoration or confession or just guest speakers um, sometimes it's all three sometimes it's just one it just depends on the night but you always get something good out of program and then Depending on the year um, with Corona and everything, like last year we all went back to our houses, but sometimes you'll spend the night um, for the entire week. You'll spend every night uh, there. Uh, Carter described it really well, but the actual like during the day you get assigned to a house or residency or place. And during that time you work like seven, six, seven hours a day and you, you have your own assignment. So whether it be like raking or painting or doing something to home improve or just generally improve that location. And that's really what we work on during the day. Now, did you guys have like a skill set uh, that sort of led you to this? Like uh, for these home improvements, did you have to have some kind of training or like what, what, what do they provide for you? So we all decided to do work camp several months in advance. So we would do meetings every other week to prepare us for work camp as a whole group and with our adult leaders. At that time, we didn't even know who would be in our groups or what we would be doing exactly, but that was an opportunity to get a general sense 
of sometimes it was tools, sometimes it was what jobs we'd be working on, or even just the faith aspect of it. But that allowed us to go in with a little bit of knowledge, not necessarily hands-on, but the general idea of it. So you're not necessarily experts, but you are surrounded by people who do know what they're doing. And it's not like you're walking in blind. Did you feel pretty prepared when you when you went? Uh, I definitely felt prepared because we had the meetings that would go over like the basic tools that we'd be using. And we had our contractors there with us. So if you had any like general questions about like how to use this tool or what exactly we're supposed to be doing, the contractors are there and they can answer that for you. But um, you don't really need any experience on like labor or like how to use the tools. Any questions that you have will be answered there. Amazing. Now, you said you, Lizzie, you said that uh, you didn't know anybody who was going to be in your group when you when you signed up. When you get there, is it just the parish group that you're with or is it like, do you meet new people? Do you get people from other other groups? So this past year, we combined with Holy Spirit Parish and worked combined with their work camp group. And so the Sunday before we started work camp, we had a kind of get together here at Nativity, which was where we were first given our groups and our adult leaders. And that was an opportunity to get to know each other kind of meet each other all for the first time because some of those people were from our parish, some were from another parish. Um, and up until that point, we had no idea who we would be working with. So that was our first introduction with those people. So what kind of work were you actually doing, Liza? So uh, what was your site? So my site in particular, we went to the house of a member of the parish here. Uh, we spent the week doing intensive lawn care there, whether that was planting grass, we painted a shed, we did power washing, a bunch of weeding, um, and mulching and stuff like that. Nice. And so you guys just go around uh, the table. And so Lex, what was your site? Very similar to Liz's. It was also a parishioner at our church, um, an older person who just recently lost their husband. She didn't have the resources to have a gardener. So we basically transformed her very overgrown backyard um, with rebricking, weeding, painting a shed, Power really got to know that power washer. Power washed a lot. Um, yeah, just like we were gardeners. It was it was really nice. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, uh, so mine was a. Uh, it was at a trailer park. Um, we basically the person that we were helping worked nights, and um, so he was asleep during the day while we were there. So we had to be quiet while we were working. He had a lot of garbage and trash covering his area, so we had to um, clean that out. We uh, ripped up some of his older plants and weeds and everything like that, cleaned his um, like his actual trailer, and he had like a shed behind it. And we ripped out his uh, planter and replaced it with new plants, power washed his deck. We got him a new grill to help him set up and everything and chained it down. Um, and just generally helped him restore his property. Wow. Wow, you guys did a lot. Carter. Uh, yeah, I had a widow as well, and it sounds like we all did a lot of power washing. Um, <laughs> There's but, a theme. Yeah, we did a lot of power washing as well, and um, we also painted. We cut a lot of branches down, like dead branches, and we took down some dead trees, painted windowsills, a lot of things just to, like, clean the house up because it uh, obviously hadn't had a lot of work done in a long time. 
So it sounds like you guys did a lot of manual labor. And uh, to a regular to a regular teen listening to this, that may not sound all that appealing. So when you all first heard about WorkCamp, what drew you to sign up to spend a week of your summer doing man- manual labor uh, and serving other people as opposed to doing a different sort of camp or maybe even, you know, just having that time, like Father Bresnahan said, to just rest and relax. What drew you to sign up for this a year ago? It wasn't the, ma- obviously, I feel like the manual labor would drive people away. It was the promise of a faith relationship and growing in your faith during that week. I heard I've known from past experiences that you grow in faith during these service weeks, and I've heard from other people, like, it's just a week of transformation. So manual labor was really just very far in the back of my brain. I completely forgot about it until we showed up, and there's, like, 17 <laughs> tools on the ground, and, like, like oh, I guess we actually have to do stuff. But it was more of a, yeah, like a faith transformation and a faith growth mm-hmm. for me. So I had seen the blessing at the mass they do before they go off to work camp in 2020. Uh, I was not a part of this parish. I was not even attending the church at the time. I just happened to be there one day. And immediately seeing these other teens going off to do this work camp experience, which they didn't get to do that year because of COVID. But the idea of it um, was kind of planted in my brain and it looked like such a great opportunity and something that I knew I wanted to do or do something similar to that. And then I went on to join this parish and have other opportunities to be in different ministries here. And that became an opportunity for this past summer. So I just decided that would be a great way to get a little deeper into my faith. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Um, um, so for me, uh, the reason that I did it was because uh, I had previously signed up last year uh, for the, the mission trip. Uh, but it got canceled because of COVID. So I felt kind of an obligation to go. But before that, the reason I was going to go before was because actually of Carter. He had a like a previous experience. Uh, I think it was his freshman year, and he wouldn't stop talking about it, and it really like drew me in. Uh, and I kind of actually liked the manual labor aspect of it. Um, I was kind of looking forward to that and to like restoring and like, I don't know. It was kind of like challenging, so I was kind of excited about that. Um, but I think just the fact that someone that I knew talked so highly of it, that really drew me in. Um, I'd say I think the reason I did it last year was just because I had like such a good experience uh, my freshman year when I did it, or the summer after my freshman year. What got me to do it the, that first time was um, my dad just mentioned it to me, and I knew I had like wasn't doing anything that week. I'd have to ask a week off work because I was lifeguarding, but... There was just no reason not to do it, and it was one of like the best why not moments I've probably ever had. I love that. That's great. So good. So often, the idea of being able to do something to put your faith into practice kind of helps anchor what it is we believe. So a chance to gather together and help somebody who, like, it sounded like everybody was dealing with somebody who, a widower, somebody who works at night, people who weren't able to necessarily handle this stuff by themselves. And to be able to go in and, uh, and, and offer something without counting the cost, like without worrying about what you're getting back. Um, I think it says a lot about, you know, we've got a, you know, what our faith is all about to begin with. 
so you guys mentioned a little before when you guys were detailing the actual work that you were doing some of it sounded really challenging or some aspects of the day i think i remember talking with some of you all some of you all were saying like all oh, the days are really really long but we're so happy to be here we're so joyful it's really really long but but we're so happy to be here so before we go into like some of the fruits which i really want to hear from you guys like some of the fruits of the week some of your highlights i want to start first with some what were the challenges from this week you know if you're into roses and thorns this would be like the thorn <laughs> part of that one challenge that we ran into was our group got a cold that kind of went around our group and then the day after that happened we thought it was going to be really hot really sunny because it was in the middle of summer and it was pouring rain pretty much the entire day so we were out there sick in the rain and doing work all day and i know that sounds like a pretty poor scenario but we had so much fun, and I think that was the best day of my work camp experience altogether, just because of we made it a great time, and we all were just happy to be in each other's presence and just getting work done, and we were had a great time. So the what we thought was going to be a challenge honestly ended up being a little blessing in disguise because it really brought us together. So one of the challenges I experienced was with my group specifically. We had an individual who was pretty defiant on coming with us, very, I don't want to do this, this is stupid, this is manual labor, why are we doing this in my summer? So that was pretty frustrating to have like me and everyone else be so excited to be there and know what we're there for and just wanting this to be the best week ever and this individual is just negative. Overcoming that was pretty challenging because as the devotion leader of my group, um, I was trying to get him to talk and like talk about his life, like what's going on. Um, but we overcame that towards the last couple of days. He really did a 180 and something spoke to him and he finally realized why he was there. It was very, I felt very proud that he got to that point and I really felt the Holy Spirit speaking through him. I watched him change and I watched him grow and seems to be doing great now. So um, I was really, really happy for that experience. That's beautiful. Did you want to go again, Lizzie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Again, that's something fine. to say about my group was that it's kind of sad because some of the people from Holy Spirit, I don't know if I'll ever actually encounter them again, but we've stayed in touch, and it's like a pretty regular occurrence that I'll have someone from my work camp group like text me and just say, hey, can you pray about this thing that's going on in my life? So we talk on a regular basis just because we know that we're there spiritually for each other in a way that other friends you won't have that same relationship with, which has really been great. Wow, that's beautiful. Go ahead, one of you guys. Um, one of my group's challenges was, uh, I guess it's like kind of common when you bring people that haven't like encountered each other together before, um, is like butting heads and just general like arguments and fighting. Um, and like the whole like first two days, we were just kind of just bickering amongst ourselves over like, you know, who did what, who was in charge, stuff like that. And then, I mean, but by the, the last day we were, um, we had left all that behind and really like came together and had like a, um, a closer bond, I guess you could say because of the shared experience of like the labor and stuff. Um, even though that was like really enjoyable, uh, for me at least it was, um, something that kind of drew us all together. So what we did, like, disagree and have our challenges in the beginning, by the end it usually resolves itself and you find yourself coming out, like, closer together. 
Um, I'd say one of the biggest challenges for my group was, or probably just for me, um, was just like patience painting this one deck. Because it was like really meticulous to get through all the railings and we couldn't power wash some of it before we painted it. Because if you got too close, it would like chip off the wood. So we had to um, like scrub it with a sponge to get all the stuff off before we could paint it. And it just like, there was a lot of other tasks we were doing, like taking down tree branches and stuff where it was like, in two hours, you could see the whole backyard transformed. So doing this deck was like taking so much time and multiple days to dry and do the second coat. But when it was like so rewarding, when we saw the like before and after picture, it was like, okay, it was worth it. Nice. That's incredible. One of the things that I just loved about the way that you guys responded there was each of your challenges, you talked a little bit about how you overcame them. So it wasn't just that, oh, well, we had this to deal with. <laughs> it was, we had this to deal with, but here's how it got resolved or here's how God really came through and kind of worked for it. I mean, I feel like overcoming challenges couldn't have been the only fruit that you got out of it. What were the highlights? What were like the moments that either took your breath away or just in your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, if this was the only experience I had at work camp, it would be absolutely worth it. Um, my huge takeaway was Tuesday night adoration. Um, I, I was talking before we started. When I went on um, um, the mission trip the summer after my freshman year, that was like my first. We did adoration that night as well. And that was my first like, wow, this is like a big deal. Like, this is Jesus Christ, this is who is in front of you right now. And I ran with that. I did it for a couple months and stuff. And then COVID hit. And like everyone else, couldn't leave our house, couldn't go, couldn't go see Jesus in person. And it wasn't until Tuesday night of this work camp trip that I really came back to where I was. Um, it was that Tuesday night adoration that just completely changed the way I saw what we were doing here and what was really the point of it all, just to be able to sit in the presence of our Lord and Savior was like, and just like, I'm like struggling to like say what it was, uh, just like completely indescribable. And yeah, big and for, deal. <laughs> amen. And for those people, for the people listening who aren't 100% sure what adoration is, obviously, um, as Catholics, we believe that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. And so being able to spend some time in front of the Eucharist exposed for everyone, but you're also with the whole work camp group. So it's, uh, th you know, thousand people just with Jesus praying together in a, in a way that's just very physical, very tangible and very community like i mean it's the people gathered it's the music it's the it's the bishop it's a it's pretty it's pretty exciting and like you say father for for tangible um lex you were sharing before that it it felt like you were in the presence of a friend right no yeah definitely um like i said like i hadn't really gone to adoration up until that point since my freshman year so it had been like a good year and a half and it was like visiting a long-distance friend for the first time. And it wasn't so much that I was excited to be there. I mean, I was, obviously. But um, <laughs> it was more that I felt that God was excited to see me. He was like, oh, you're back. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> to put it in, like, real terms. Um, and just that feeling of want, that God wanted me to be there, You really, you really got to feel that, especially in a group of, like, a thousand 15 year olds like you don't really feel that on a typical day and that was really 
I could say life-changing. I think it was definitely life-changing. Powerful. Powerful. Indescribable. Yeah. Go for it, Carter. Um, I guess, like, a highlight would be just definitely just the, like, relationships you build with the people there. Because um, you only spend a week with them, and then some people you feel like you get close enough to share things with that you wouldn't share with, like, friends you've had for years. It's it's And it's just you just spend a week with them. And some people you never even see again. So it's, like, it's definitely, a, like, a very... I, I want to say, like, unnatural, but it's it's definitely a natural experience. It's just, like, uncommon, I'd say. So it feels very, like, when looking back on it, it's very, like, odd to think about how you can get so close with people in such a short amount of time. One of the words we like to use is the word intentional, mm-hmm. that you're intentional about forming a community that's got a mission to help, you know, a family um, with a project, but that group intentionally prays together, builds, does team building together, grows. And so the rest of it grows organically, right? You, you put a few pieces together, right? And then suddenly it's, wait a minute, we have a lot in common. We have a lot that I might never have noticed if uh, I was just in my you know, regular cliques in high school. So on the same night that Lex was talking about, our Tuesday night adoration night, we also had the opportunity to go to confession. Um, the diocese provided about like 45 priests that were there that night to do confession, which was awesome because it really gave everyone the chance to do that if they wanted. Um, and earlier that same Tuesday morning, I'd been asking Father Vaccaro, whose brother was in town, who was also a priest, um, if we could meet him because he was helping Father Vaccaro move out and he was also helping with work camp. So in talking to him, he was like, oh, you know, he's, it's his last day today and he's doing confessions tonight, so he won't have time. Um, but later that day when I actually did choose to go to confession, I happened to have his brother as my confessor, which that alone was just an awesome like encounter with God because God heard that whole conversation and provided that for me. Um, but after that confession, he sat there and he just asked me, you know, how are you doing? And we had a good 20 minute long conversation about my faith, about things I was struggling with, about questions I had. Um, he had no idea who I was or that I was even from his brother's parish, but that entire experience was just such a direct message from God that God was there. God was hearing what I needed in that moment. Um, easily the best confession experience I've ever had, and it really just changed how I look at my faith because he gave me so much, so much advice that I think about every day, um, and it was just such a, a good direct message from God in that moment that I needed. Um, I guess one of my highlights would be just getting to see like the before and after of um, like I was in the trailer parks of the trailer. I think we actually took a picture of like before and then a picture after and it was like a complete transformation. And also just to see like like all the labor you're putting in and the work finally like like helping the person out. Uh, Like for me personally, I was kind of in charge of uh, ripping up a planter or like a box with plants in it. And we had to dig down a few feet and we were going to put like slabs down so we could put more plants on top of it. And I think someone already mentioned it, but it started raining one of the days. So I was like um, digging and it started to rain and it started to get all muddy and filled up. And so we had to like wait. And the next morning it was like half filled. So I had to like dump some of the water out with buckets and stuff and dig even deeper. Um, and so finally just getting that finish uh, was really... Um, just kind of rewarding and getting to see how grateful the, the, the person was 
and you can kind of see the the Holy Spirit working through you um, and through the people around you. I think it's just really good to good to say thank you for sharing that that everybody those are those are amazing. But I think kind of touching on what you just said there, what you said there, Kyle, was um, that you really see the Holy Spirit working. How would you say that this experience, right, this combination of physical labor in service to someone in need? And this program, right, this experience with adoration, with prayer, with other kinds of, uh, I imagine, entertainment and other kinds of things going on, how did that help you in your relationship with Christ, right? How would you say your faith, maybe the word would be enriched? How did your, how was your faith enriched? I'd say personally for me, it was a very selfless experience. I think I'm the type of person who, I mean, Sounds bad, but I tend to think about myself a lot. You know, like, what am I going to get out of this? What is this doing for me? But this entire experience was something I could do for someone else. I didn't get anything in return. I wasn't expecting anything in return. And God did bless us in giving us so much faith in return. But um, it just proved that when you stop complaining, when you stop looking at the bad and everything, like, you find so much good in everything you do. And it can truly make an effect on someone else's life. I feel like for me, we all went through a lot during COVID. And we were all pretty much isolated and super, like, alone. Um, And going to that work camp, going to that week long, you really felt not only a sense of, like, community with your fellow teens, but with Christ himself. You felt like he was there the whole time. And you really got to... Like you said, it was enriching to feel him again. You, it doesn't matter how, how you took away from that week. You definitely took away like something super important that God is always there for you. Um, so one of the ways that enriched my faith was just like exploring new ways to pray. I'd had like um, experience with youth group in the past with like Lexio Divina and like meditation and picturing yourself and the scenes of the Bible, stuff like that. But um, one of the deacons from Holy Spirit came and talked to our group. I think it was like the last day about um, like how it should be more of a conversation with God instead of just like you talking to God, kind of waiting to listen to what God has to say to you. I guess it kind of opened my eyes to the more two-sided way the relationship can function. In the past, I had really just focused on what I wanted from God, or what God could do for me, instead of how God could use me to help others. So that was really something I learned. Um, I'd agree with Kyle. Like it definitely changed the way I pray, and it's it, like now every time I pray, it's always like very intentional, and I always try and get myself in the right mindset by doing things like like as simple as just like not praying in bed. Like every night before I go to bed, instead of praying in bed, I either get out of bed because I forgot to pray or I make sure before I, um, I I pray before I get into bed just so it's like always intentional and my mind's in the right place. That's the most dangerous prayer. It's the prayer just before <laughs> bed while you're in bed. When I was a kid, I used to think I, I wouldn't want to say the, the I wouldn't want to finish by doing the sign of the cross. So that, you know, when you say the sign of the cross, that was like dialing and then hanging up. So I would dial and then I wouldn't want to do it. So he had to watch over me at night, right? 
analogy. <laughs> right. But but then I get older and you're a teenager, right? And then you go to high school and, and college and beyond. And that praying right at the end of the day, you fall asleep and pray. And then you just hope your guardian angel finishes your prayer for you. <laughs> it's a dangerous prayer. I love it. So what's interesting about talking about WordCamp and the experience now is WordCamp actually happened for these teens over six months ago. And uh, someone was commenting before we started recording, like, oh, we should have like done this podcast episode the week after when we were all on that spiritual high. And I'm like, no, actually, I think it's really good. And maybe even uh, one of those like blessing in disguises that it's been six, almost seven months since this experience. And you all can still talk about it like it happened yesterday. So my question to you all now is what has stuck with you? Yeah, yeah. Six months ago now, what have been the takeaways that have uh, stuck with you? Yeah, that still kind of resonate. Um, I guess I have one story. It's like, it kind of relates to what Liza said earlier, but Deacon Peter came to our uh, work site and we, I was just like working on the window by myself. And he just came over and he said, like, like he was like, how are you? Or like, how are you doing or something? And then I just gave him like, you know, the answer everybody gives. Like, I'm good. Like, this is going on, this is going on. And then like, we talked for a little bit, but you know, he was just like, how are you really? And I don't know. It was like a very impactful moment. And uh, then like, looking back at that experience after, I was like, well, like I could do that to other people. Like I could make other people feel the same way. So like, it's not something I always go to, but if I can like, if I get close enough with somebody where I like I feel comfortable talking to them about like personal things or if I can tell they're like off or something, then the second how are you is like something I've like learned that still sticks with me. Uh, one of the things that I learned was um, more about praying the rosary. Um, we didn't actually do this in our group, but I um, just started doing it the night, the first night, uh, like praying the rosary before I go to bed. Like, if you focus on a relationship with the mother, you grow closer to the son. And one of our group leaders talked about that a lot, uh, especially, like, on the car rides over, um, how powerful the rosary is. And I think there's, like, a story of, like, someone was praying the rosary and got attacked or something, and the rosary, like, repelled them. I think I've heard of that story. Someone, someone told us that. I think it was Dylan. There's a lot of miracles associated with the yeah. rosary, so I wouldn't be surprised. Mary yeah. looks out for her people. So just like praying the rosary nightly is something I still do. And um, just focusing on that relationship with the mother. Um, I think for me, it's kind of like what Carter said, like reaching out. I have found myself inviting people to more things faith-based. I find myself bringing people, even if I can't make every single life teen we have Sunday nights, I'm still like, hey, Nativity has this youth group every night every sunday night like there's food come come see come eat some food with us um i find myself even if i know there's some sort of faith that they have i invite them to anything that i'm doing we have like this little bible study at my school i'll invite them to that anything that i can get that like plants a seed in their brain that they are loved by our god to be someone for them as well to be like their faith person. I, I find myself being that for a couple people. I think we each had little assignments or jobs within our groups. Um, I know a couple of us here were devotion leaders, which was my job. And that was someone who kind of led, we had intentional conversations throughout the morning, throughout lunch or in the evening, uh, where we were just kind of talking about 
maybe it was a gospel reading from that day or about a saint, and we just kind of had guided questions we would talk about as a group. Um, Being a devotional leader was just something so out of my comfort zone. I was never the person to, like, go out of my way to start a conversation about faith or anything like that. But doing that for this group of people really led me to feel such, like, a strong calling that we really live by example. So even now, six months after work camp, like, I love to be able to just talk to people about my faith, about their faith, or just, like, how can I show God's love through my actions? So, like, that's something that's really stuck with me is just being able to, like, have open conversations about about my faith and just be a proud Catholic in high school and just live in a way that is, like, a great representation of the Catholic Church the best I can. That's, a, that's amazing. Guys, this is so incredible. Um, I'm guessing the answer is going to be yes here, but maybe a better way to say it is how enthusiastically would you recommend work camp to other potential high school uh, students and sort of what would you what would you tell them to encourage them? Oh, I would 100% recommend just taking a week out of your summer to change someone, like change your life, change someone else's life, serve others. Um, there's a bunch that goes into it. But I would say if you're on the, on the fence about it, attend a youth group event we have here. Join our youth group. Join a youth group. Join something that is faith-based. That will really open your heart to something bigger than yourself. If you're looking for something that is so much bigger than yourself, come talk to us. Come to a youth group. Do anything to really get you off the fence and on the other side. I think there's something beautiful about when you seek God, he will answer that. He will respond. So I think going to work camp is the perfect way to do that. It's doing something that you can so clearly do for the service of God that is going to have such positive impact on the people around you and the people you're serving, but yourself as well. So if you seek God, if you're looking to seek God, um, it's a great place for him to answer you. I would definitely recommend it. Um, like they said, there's a lot of faith um, elements that you'll grow stronger in your faith. But also from like a practical standpoint, you get to use really cool tools and learn how to um, use these tools and everything. I, don't know, I really like the tools. But um, <laughs> yeah, but you get to see uh, helping other people. You get to see those like firsthand, um, how it can like transform someone else's life. And obviously there's like the faith, how it transforms your faith, but it also helps people like even that are like non-believers or maybe not Christian. Um, I know at least for my group, we had other people in the park coming up to us and like asking like, what are you guys doing here? Like, um, could you help us maybe? Um, we had people praying with us. So it was really powerful to see how um, not even the people we were there to help, how it, um, and I think that was also the Holy Spirit working uh, through us and affecting other people's lives. Um, I would definitely say yes. I think everybody else um, touched on all like the main points that I would say. Um, I think the only thing I would add is just like ask yourself why not. What else do you have going on? If there if there's really a time conflict, then sure. But if if you're not doing anything that week, then I'd say it's definitely better than sitting at home on your phone. That's amazing. I mean, and guys, I mean, like I can't thank you all enough for being able to be on here and just being a, a really powerful witness. Not only um, not only representing 
you know, young people and, and your own personal faith, but also I'd say Mary representing nativity pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we have some pretty cool people in our parish, which is part of the reason why we even have this podcast to begin with is by sharing all of the different things that are going on in our parish and uh, all the amazing work that our people do. And I mean, look, it's, I think sometimes people say, I don't know what it is. They, they say like, okay, well, when I'm older, when I, you know, when I, when I get settled, then I'll go do something. Y'all are doing this when you're freshmen in high school. It's like, like if not now, when? So being able to say, hey, I can do something with my life that I can give to service to others, put my gifts and talents at the service of God, our Almighty Father. What a gift. If anybody's listening to this that wants more information about... Um about work camp, the work camp that's coming up. Um, you can visit our website, nativityburke.org, and you can, um, there's a youth and family tab, so you can go underneath that tab and click uh, youth or, uh, or life teen. Um, you could also just search on our website for work camp, um, and you'll get all the info and online registration, all the details for our um, upcoming summer's work camp with the Diocese of Arlington. Or you can reach out to our new director of youth ministry, Rebecca Judge, our judge at nativityburke.org for more information or just even general inquiries about, like Lex was saying, about our regular Sunday night middle school and high school edge and life teen uh, ministries. So again, that's Rebecca Judge at our judge at nativityburke.org. Feel free to reach out to her and she can give you uh, more information for anyone who's looking to uh, sign their kid up. Amazing. So, all right. So with that, we're going to ask the question. Um, we've been asking everybody this. It's a, a funny thing that kind of happens in the church is that uh, people get a little bit, not possessive, so maybe a little possessive, but mostly we become creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. simple question is, where do you sit? What pew, what is your pew? What, what, where do you sit in the church and why? What's your spot in the church? I'm just going to answer this because I don't sit in a pew. I sing in the youth choir, so I'm up on shout the... Shout out to youth choir. Yeah, shout out to youth choir. I'm up on the, the choir steps, so just... Except today. Today you were serving. I'm either serving or I'm singing, so you'll catch me on either end of the church. Um, my family tends to go just kind of right in the middle of everything. Um, if I'm at adoration, though, I always go as close as I can to the far right. But if I'm at daily mass, I go as close as I can on the far left. So I think it's whatever I'm in the church for, I have like a different mentality of where I need to be sitting for that event. For me, I'd say it kind of depends on who I'm with. Um, if I'm with my family and my two younger siblings, then we tend to be in the back because it gets a little bit more rowdy with them. But if I go by myself, um, then I usually like front left, like right a couple rows behind like the disabled section. I don't know why. I think that's where we were for mission. Maybe that's why, but that's just where I usually go. I always just like the back pew. Um, you can observe everything. I don't know. It's more like it is a little bit more rowdy back there with like the kids and everything, but I just like sitting in the back and I feel like you can um, just kind of see what everyone else is doing. You can see like the um, the youth choir. You can see the the altar servers and the preach, you can see like everything. So I definitely like being in the back. Perfect. Nice. I love it. Those are some good answers. I do think it's funny because sometimes people are like, I think this is the first time I've ever thought about why I sit back there. <laughs> Everybody has a different reason for why this place is the place that, that, that feels right for them when they're in the church. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we want to take a, a moment just to say thank you guys so much for being all. able to join us uh, on our podcast. We'll be very excited to share this with the rest of the community so that people can be able to hear uh, what folks of all ages are doing um, in service to the church and service to God. Um, Mary, do you have any shout outs today? So I actually have two shout outs. Um, we have another guest who's actually sitting with us that has been very helpful in prepping for this episode, our new director of youth ministry, Rebecca Judge. She really got thrown into it this summer and she's been she's done a wonderful job forming our teens and getting used to the craziness that is nativity. So I thank you for all your work. But I also really, I think it's important to thank her predecessor, Ingrid Sanchez Seymour, who helped to form three of the four teens who are here with us. She served as our director of youth ministry for a while and um, she was my mentor here when I first started and I learned a lot. So just shout out to Rebecca and Ingrid, both wonderful youth ministers in helping to form our young people and made such a lasting impression on everyone here in the room. Um, and staying on the youth train, I'll shout out um, Bridget Williams because she is our stakeholder. The, uh, the, the teens know her as Miss Bridge. And uh, she has been doing this, uh, she's been doing it for years, decades even. She um, helps coordinate at the diocesan level, making sure that projects get the things that they need and the people that they need. But right here in Nativity, she's very involved in being our stakeholder, which takes a huge burden off of the shoulders of our youth minister and uh, the priests and, and the, the, the folks. She's the one who becomes a point person with the diocese to make sure that all of the all the things that we need to to make the week run smoothly are, are all there. So big shout out to, to Miss Bridge. Well, with all of that, we want to thank you for joining us and tuning in. It is always a blessing to be with you. And with that, we are signing off for another episode of the Nativity Podcast. Tune in and let us know how we did. God bless you and have a great day.